Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. This is but the first fruits. For the vines have just begun to spring, and the plants have just begun to bud, and I tell you that more is yet to come. For I say, my harvest is great, my fields are many. Mm. And I say to you that the fruit will be beyond what you can imagine. And I say, what you have tasted so far is what is beyond what even you could even fathom. But it is but the first fruits. And there is so much more that is yet to come when the harvest will be fully ripe. For the Lord says... <clears throat> I am undoing the patchwork of the enemy in the lives of my people. Seam by seam and strand by strand, I am undoing what the enemy has sown into this church and into this city and into this region. The Lord says that the enemy has had a plan to destroy this house and to destroy this city and to bring destruction and darkness upon this region. But the Lord says, look and see that what the enemy has meant for harm and for darkness and for death, I have brought to the light and sown life. And see that where the enemy has sown his lies, I have brought truth. And see where the, where the enemy has sown his patchwork, that I have taken my sword and cut it asunder. Look and see, says the Lord. That the patchwork of the enemy is no longer standing. But I am slowly but surely, says the Lord, pulling apart that which the enemy has intended to do. And I have set ablaze this house to be a light in this city and in this region. But the Lord says, I have not set you ablaze to set still. I have set you ablaze and set you on fire to run. So take up the torch, says the Lord. Take up that which is on fire, says the Lord, and run. Run forth into the darkness. Run forth into the dead places. And show the light that I have given to you to those that do not have the light. For the light is not for you, says the Lord, but it is for those that are wandering around in the darkness. Do not take what I have given you, says the Lord, and hide it. But take what I have given you and show it off. Pick up the torch, says the Lord, and run. Message entitled, The God of Covenants. Genesis 16, 1. Now Sarah, Sarah is, uh, we're not going to get into all of that, but she does have, the pronouncement is different, but it's Sarah to us in English. And it means uh, dominative. Sarah's mother named her infant baby when she was born that she would have dominion. Demonitive. Verse 2 said, And Sarah, Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. So Sarah, who has been purposed to be diminutive, and so to dominate is in a situation that she cannot fix. 
Sarah is not able to bear a child. Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, now the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee go into my maid, and it may be that I may obtain by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Verse 3, And Sarah, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid the Egyptian, after Abram had uh, ten years been in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. So Sarah gave her maid to now become the second wife of Abram. Back then, people could have more than one wife. And still places in the world that do, do that. I don't know how they afford it, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Abraham was rich. And so, so Abraham has, has taken uh, Sarah and they uh, continue on in the journey, all of these things. So he has uh, taken Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had 10 years been in the land of Canaan and gave to her her hus- husband, uh, Abram, to be his wife. Verse 4, he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. So I think that we could probably grasp what is going on in this. And so Sarah is the first wife of Abram, later to be called Abraham. She's barren. She's not able to produce a child. And so it's been 10 years that they were even in the land of Canaan uh, to the point that Sarah says, why don't you take my handmaid and she will be your wife. And if she has a child, it will become our child. It will be mine and yours. And so when he went to be with her, she did conceive and Then when her mistress, Sarah, who gave her to her husband, Abram, when she conceived, guess what? Sarah's not happy about that. Sarah's not happy. For 10 years, they've been trying to have a child. And there was none. And now, right with the mistress, his child is being born. And so there would be a little bit of uncomfortableness between these two women. Wouldn't you think? A little bit of angst. And so this demonative, this dominative woman had to give her power to his, her maid, and her maid brought forth a promise, a child for Abram. And so... He says, it says in verse 4, he went into Hagar, she had conceived. When she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now, wait a minute. I thought he just said that Abram's wife was despising the servant. Oh, it was, but it was mutual. It was mutual. Because when Hagar conceived, she saw that she had conceived Her mistress was despised in her own eyes. She's saying, I am a better woman than that woman was. What she couldn't give her husband, I could. How many know that'd be kind of awkward, right? (laughs) It'd be a blowout, wouldn't it? 
just any spark, <laughs> it'd be a blowout. And Sarah said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee. And she said, I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and thee. And so this continues to become more and more of an awkward situation, to say the least. So Hagar despised her mistress because now she's the one having the baby for the mistress's husband. And so she's a better woman. And so she is, no doubt, you know, we, this could made for TV. I mean, it's just, you know. And so, so then, uh, you know, her mistress was despised because, hey, Sarah, you can't have one. But I did. And so it's a problem. So Sarah steps back in unto the promise of Abram. I bet he packed his clothes several times. In this whole story, I bet he packed his clothes and was going to sneak out under the cover of darkness. It's some time, but he stuck it out. And so now she says, Sarah's saying to Abram, look, I've made a wrong. I've done a wrong thing. This is not working. This is not going on. I've given my maid into your bosom, and now that she has conceived, I'm despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and, and thee. And then into verse 6, it says, But Abram said unto Sarah, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand to do with her as it pleases you. And when Sarah dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. By the way, I'm preaching a message entitled, The God of Covenants. And so Sarah dealt hard with her. So uh, Sarah comes back and says, hey, she is not respecting me anymore. I'm not the woman of the house anymore. I've, I'm the one that couldn't have the child, and she's had the child, and, and it's, it's bad. And so instead of Abraham standing up and saying, now, wait a minute. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is still my, my son. He just said, listen, she's your handmaid. I put her in your hands. You do whatever you want to do. So when Sarah dealt hardly with her, we're probably grateful that they didn't give us detail there. She fled from Sarah's face. All right? I'm preaching about the God of covenants. Verse 7. Now remember, the handmaid has been kicked out. She's got an illegitimate child according to her thinking, but not according to God's. God doesn't view anybody as illegitimate. <laughs> and so she has gone. Sarah's maid, here comes the angel, verse 7, sorry. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness. That's a good miracle too. By the fountain in the way to the land of Shur. S-H-U-R. Must be from eastern Kentucky. And so, and he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence camest thou? There is an angel at the well, a fountain, 
And the angel knows her name. He said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where'd you come from? Where'd you leave out from? He knew that she was Hagar. And she knew her occupation was Sarah's maid. Whence camest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. Do what? You told me to do what? Hmm, interesting, isn't it? There's good leadership lesson in this story. You do what you're called to do. You go the place that God set you in. But it's hard. It's okay. Just return. Return. The angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress. The one that's giving her a hard time. The one that's making her uncomfortable. The one that's showing off her baby everywhere that, to everybody and everything. It's a hard, awkward thing that is going on. And, but you go and submit yourself under her hands. And then in verse 10, And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Isn't that awesome? Okay, she is not the head of the house. She's been chased out of the house. She goes out into the wilderness. They're dying of thirst. And, and a fountain of water comes up in the wilderness. When we think wilderness, we think eastern Kentucky trees, Daniel Boone forest, you know, all that stuff. No, wilderness, there are deserts. Okay? And so they're out there. There's nothing out there. And so... She's told to go back. Sometimes, whatever situation you're in in life, it may be at work, it may be a family situation, or a church situation. There may be a lot of things or a lot of places that these things can happen in as people kind of meet and greet and, and play out their positioning, who's where, which one's there, which one's here, what's going on, all of these things. But God never advised someone to betray their covenant. God never said, you're being treated so bad that I'm just going to free you from your covenant. God said, return. Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hands. Verse 10, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Amen. Isn't that awesome? She had to return and submit. <laughs> that is always a tedious thing in America. Because we're the land of the free. But yet God knows rank and file. Right? If you don't understand that, maybe you'd like to join the army. Anybody been in the army? 
up there? Yeah. Yeah. Few, few, yeah. Did, did, the, did the colonel ever come up and ask you what you want him to do? <laughs> did, the, did the lieutenant come by and say, you know, I messed that up, but would you fix it and, you know, do something for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> and so when you're under rank and file, Return to thy mistress is one thing. Submit is something else. But it's obedience to God. Submit thyself under her hands. I'm talking about the God of covenants. And so, the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for the multitude. Abram had already received that promise. That prophecy had been given to Abraham. And if that family had remained whole, then there would not be Arabs and Jews. But of course, history prevails and biblical history prevails. And God obviously knew what was going to happen. And so God gave a faithful mistress the opportunity, so to speak, to become somebody. To become somebody that is known and somebody of value. Somebody that could be at the head and not the tail. But the the conditions are this. Return to thy mistress and submit thyself under her hands. And that is many, many times the answer God would give you in the kingdom of God. And then in verse 10, he gave her again the promise of Abraham. I'll multiply multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. So these became great nations, and they're still great nations of the world. And uh, they are the children of Abraham and, and Sarah and all of this that had gone on at that time. And so he kind of begins to uh, talk about her son. In verse 11, the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child. She didn't even know yet that she was with child. And so the angel of the Lord, as she was receiving, you know, that, uh, that water and that sustenance, and as the angel said, I'm going to multiply your seed exceedingly, that it should not be numbered for a multitude. The angel of the Lord says, Hey, behold, you are with child. So when she was with Abraham, then Uh, then she had to leave. They didn't know that she was with child. And beyond that, you shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael. Ishmael. And so they go, get to my spot here. That's what I do when I get too many notes. (laughs) All right. And so, the angel of the Lord says, You are with child, you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael. Who was Ishmael? The son of Abraham. Who was Isaac? The son of Abraham. Two great nations. Two movements of God to bring upon the earth. A man of God. Abraham became a man of God. And he began to teach the nations around him. He began to make 
uh, you know, make friends with some, and sometimes there were battles. They begin to fence off segments of their land and uh, all of those things that would keep the cattle in place. And, and so those around them began to uh, become uncomfortable, a little bit more uncomfortable uh, with them. And though, uh, although that Ishmael is here, and then Isaac is there with Abraham and Sarah, uh, this is what I skipped, uh, Genesis 16 verse 12 begins to describe Ishmael. And it says, and he will be a wild man. He, he, <laughs> I'll go on. He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all of his brethren. Wow. Verse 13, and she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her. When he spoke at the final time, he spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also uh, here looked after him that seeth me? So she's saying, I'm pursuing the one who pursued me. God saw me. He saw my circumstance. He saw the position that I was in. And, and her being put out. Although that she worked and labored. They were, they were working good together until this issue of which one we're going to give Abraham a child, a son in particular. And so God brought his covenant to Abraham, to Sarah, and he also brought his covenant there. Here it is. And so, what'd you say? Did you help me out? Return to thy mistress, submit thyself under her hands. I've got to get shorter outlines. And so all of them are in, engaged in this happening. Today, a couple thousand years later, we're very well aware of the sons of Ishmael. Thank you. The sons of Ishmael are living in some of the most oil-rich places in the entire world. God did them good, didn't he? <laughs> and then, of course, Isaac and the Jewish people have been under the hand of God and many times. It seemed, God, where are you? Because the uh, Jewish people have been a persecuted people. And throughout their whole history, it was a miracle of God that they survived, uh, you know, Hitler's war against them. But God, God had a promise. I'm talking about the God of covenants. When you make a covenant with God, you be very careful. And you make sure that you're making a covenant that God's going to be pleased with and that you're going to be pleased with, that you're going to be able to abide with that, that you're going to do what, what God has said. I don't know about you, but sometimes I want things to hurry up. Sometimes I want things to slow down just a bit. But I want what I really want in my heart is to be the man that God called me to be. Amen. And anyone that's going to walk with God, and there's going to be some people like you, some people don't. It's all right. There's times I don't like myself. You ever have a day like that? And so, you know, you just got to get up and keep on going with your bad self. <laughs> you don't like yourself? We, you know, you're just going to have to keep on going and just get reconciled 
And know that you're doing what you're doing for the Lord and doing what you can do to the best of your ability. But God is a God of covenants. We have Abram's covenant. We have Sarah's covenant. And covenant, and then we had... Um, huh? Hagar? Why can I not keep her? Uh, Hagar. Right. Ishmael. Right. And so Hagar uh, was there. And so God does it. God says, return to your mistress, submit yourself under his hands. And guess what? All of that oil, most all of that oil, desert lands. You couldn't get anything to grow there. It's a good thing they had oil because they have to ship in the veggies. (laughs) They can't build a garden out there. This is desert. More oil than we'll ever need. Isn't that awesome? God gave his promise. Abraham succeeded. Sarah succeeded. Hagar succeeded. And her son, Ishmael. Wasn't easy. And many times Israel and Ishmael have battled. But they're still the people of God. The God of covenants. We have a covenant. We've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish. It's a covenant. If you're going to believe upon Him, are you going to serve Him? Are you going to do the intention that God has in your life? And if you do, you're going to be blessed. You're going to go into the kingdom of God and He's going to say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. We're going to arrive on those streets of gold. I cannot imagine. But God is a God of covenant. In other words, keep doing what you're doing. Whatever promise you've got, whatever prophecy you've got, whatever that God has put in your heart, and you've tested and you've tried that hard and it remained there, you continue to serve God. I've buried both of my parents. This, uh, this year, I uh, lost my first sibling. My sister Lisa went on to be with the Lord. But I have a covenant. I have a covenant with God. He's been good to me. He's been faithful to me. Oh, I'd like to keep mom and dad. Most days, I'd like to keep Lisa. Lisa was the eldest of us. She stood about that high. I ain't kidding. Just like my grandmother from Cobb Hill. Anybody know where Cobb Hill is? Yep, grandma smoked a pipe. And um, grandma ruled the roost. Grandpa... He just backed her up. My grandmother was Granny Clampett. She was. She, we could sue for rights. Smoked a pipe, gray hair, bun, spitfire. I'm telling you, spitfire. We got up there on Cobb Hill one day. She knew we was coming. She made some oatmeal. She loved making me oatmeal. <laughs> 
and I loved eating our oatmeal. But we stopped in Irvine down at the dairy chair and kept some food. So by the time we got up on the hill, we weren't hungry anymore. But the oatmeal was steaming. Oatmeal and the butter, she put butter in that. and Brown sugar, not really. She didn't keep much of that. But every time we went, I ate her oatmeal. And I said, Granny, I'm not hungry. She said, you're going to eat that food. I said, but I'm, I'm not that hungry. She said, I'm telling you right now. I made this. I knew you was coming. And you better eat that food. And I said, Granny, I just can't do it. I don't have any, any room to put it. I just can't do it. And she says, you better get out. She reached for that, that pen, that rolling pen. I cut out the screen door on the left-hand side. And I took about three laps around that house and down into the woods and climbed a tree. Because I knew Granny, and I know this, you let her simmer down when she's hot. I ain't kidding you. I didn't make this up. Haven't I told you this story many times? I'm telling you, Granny was powerful. Women are powerful. Women of God are powerful. But the most powerful that we can be in the kingdom of God is that we are who we are and where we are according to His timing. To do our best to be where God wants us to be and to accomplish what God has sent us there to do. Amen. I've had churches call me in the years I've been here, but I've never been released by God to say, sure, I'll come try out. I'll do this or I'll do that. Never did. I don't know what God's waiting for. But I know this. When I walk in the house, I sense His Spirit. I sense His Spirit. Even when nobody else is here, you can come in and He'll come in. And just talk a little while. God is a God of covenant. Whatever your covenant is, I promise you this. God said it. It will come to pass. Stand with me. Thank you for listening today to Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.